0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Andre from 150 Bay CrossFit out of Jersey City, New Jersey. Welcome to the show. How are you today?
2: I'm doing great, Brooke. How are you? Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. And thank you for being here for taking an hour out of your morning to sit down, have this conversation and give back to the fitness industry a little bit. We appreciate you for that. Absolutely. Um, Before we really dive into the business side, which is what everybody is here to kind of learn and and talk, uh, hear, hear us talk about. Tell me a quick backstory. Andre, what was it that led to you opening up this CrossFit gym?
2: All right, let's see if I can do this in uh, 60 seconds or less. So uh, originally from the DC area, grew up in Virginia, went to the University of Pittsburgh, got my degree in finance, uh, graduated magna cum laude, started working uh, in corporate banking, did that for a couple of years, decided that I hated my life um, and I did not wanna grow up to be a a pear-shaped banker with uh, with a mustache you could describe all of his life's work in one sentence. So I quit the bank in 2010, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with myself. Um, worked in bartending for a little bit, had some random movie things kind of happen where I was, where I was working at the time. My mother-in-law, just my mother-in-law now, but she was my, my, uh, my girlfriend's mom at the time suggested I look into the fitness industry. Um, I got certified back in 2012, started working at an LA fitness making $9 per half hour session. So I had to train a lot of people to, uh, just to make not very good money. Uh, but did that for about a year. Then I moved on to Equinox in Manhattan was there for a couple of years, Um, moved over to CrossFit Union Square, uh, and then I, I kind of got my fitness up there. I was training with some pretty high-level games athletes, um, and then had the opportunity to open up uh, 150 Bay CrossFit in October 2017, and I've been cooking ever since.
1: So a little bit of a journey
2: to get here. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, you were in corporate America very briefly, and you're like, nope, not for nope. me, and yep. then you found fitness, and here you are as a gym owner. Um, So give us kind of your elevator pitch of 150 Bay CrossFit. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide, kind of paint that picture for us so we really have a hold of who you are as we move forward in the conversation.
2: Sure. Our training philosophy at 150 Bay CrossFit is move well, lift heavy, breathe hard in that order. So whatever your background is, the most important part is that everyone comes in and learns sound technique and safe movement whatever your background might be, whether you're someone who's been doing CrossFit for a number of years or someone who's been a couch potato, I want to break down the movement and make sure that everyone is moving soundly and moving safely before we add any sort of load. Uh, Lift heavy is just that. Once you find the technique down, it's lifting to whatever functionally heavy is for you. If you're a competitive athlete, obviously that means kind of pushing the numbers there and trying to like PR on a regular basis, hone your technique, all of that good stuff. If you're someone who is, you know, maybe a stay-at-home grandfather, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, your functional heavy might be being able to pick up your child or your grandchild or your bag of dog food. So it's getting strong in the gym so that your real life becomes a little bit easier. And then breathe hard. Everybody needs to have a good aerobic capacity. You know, heart disease is the number one killer of people in America and it is 100% preventable. So we need to make sure that we all have a strong aerobic base so that we can have a long and healthy life. So the goal here at 150 Bay CrossFit is to make everybody a well-balanced athlete to make whatever task that they have in their day-to-day life a little bit easier by training a little bit hard here at the gym. I
1: love it. That's why I like functional fitness so much CrossFit functional fitness in general, like it helps people just live their lives a little bit better. Um, and so anybody can really do it. And that's great for business, obviously, when we're able to kind of market to anybody, no matter where they're at in their health and fitness journey. Um, so Andre, what services do you have available at the gym? If I were to come to you and I was like, Hey, I'm interested in becoming a member. Yeah. what could you offer
2: me? Sure. So the first thing that we encourage for everyone to do is just to come in and do a free trial class. So go into our website, click on the book your free class, and then find a class time and schedule that works for you. We offer about seven or eight different classes on any given day. So whether you're a 5:30 a.m. person or a 7:30 p.m. person or an afternoon person, uh, the goal is for you to be able to come in and try a free class. All of our classes are coach-based, um, I write all of the programming for the entire gym, so whether you're with me at 5:30 in the morning or with Juan at 7:30 at night, you're getting you know my bread and butter of of functional fitness. Mm-hmm. Every class starts with you know, the coach introducing what the workout is, what the stimulus is, what the intended um, intention of the workout is. We go through a warm up to get everyone nice and hot. We go through a skill or strength specific um, piece for the day, then go into a conditioning piece and then finish off. If you survive your first class and you enjoy it, then we invite you to come and do what's called the triple play. The triple play gives you a chance to try three different classes so that you can really get a feel for if our gym and our style of programming is right for you. I think because we offer, you know, especially in the world of CrossFit, There's so many different stimulus that you can get on any given week. I think three classes really gives you a chance to say, all right, I'm either about this life or I'm about that, you know, walking on a treadmill, eating pizza at Planet Fitness kind of a life. After that, uh, we (laughs) offer a combination of class packs um, uh, multiple times per week or unlimited membership. So you can have a three times a week membership, a four times a week membership, unlimited membership, or we do class bundles um, and, and, you know, single drop in five pack, 10 pack. uh, And then we also offer personal training services.
1: Okay, cool. So a little bit of everything, and I like that you do throw in the personal training services as well. That's yeah. kind of a mark that many Crossfits are kind of missing out on, um, and it's good. It's good for business and for our clients because there are many times where somebody's coming in and maybe they're getting ready for an event, they're getting ready to get married, and they're they want to lose some weight. Well, the perfect option is hey, let's put you into personal training. We'll make a super direct kind of program specifically for you so we can help you get you get to where you want to go and also with CrossFit it's good too because the movements that we do here are a lot more um
2: complex, <laughs>
1: complex yeah. yeah so if yeah. you have somebody who's very new to health and fitness they haven't really ever worked with a barbell we can get them started in personal training for you know a few weeks get them feeling comfortable with you know the clean the deadlift all of those kind of core movements before throwing them into, you know, class five times a week (laughs) or whatever it might be. So it's awesome. Um, And then also on
2: the, on the other side too, you know, you might have that athlete who's been taking class for a while, but they need to really tighten everything up. They might find that, you know, working on their snatches for, you know, 15 to 20 minutes once a week, isn't quite getting them where they want to go. So I think whether you're someone who's brand new or even someone who's experienced um, that's really a good way to kind of tighten everything up. One of my favorite personal training clients of all time uh, when I was at CrossFit union square. So this is when I was just a coach there. uh, Mm -hmm. but One of the the high level athletes, her name was uh, Maria Volcano. she, crazy engine would like smoke everybody in any of the like the basic class workouts. Um, She qualified for uh, the the master's regionals that year, but she didn't have handstand walking. She didn't have muscle ups. I I was pretty decent at those movements. So I started to work with her. So it's also another way that someone who is an advanced athlete who needs to tighten things up and to really kind of take themselves to the next level um, outside of the class. So I think personal training is, is fantastic for everyone.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, I like that you also kind of looked at the other side of that because that's not even something really that I thought had thought of. I think, you know, that's that's a great point. Um, we have a gentleman, well, he's a young kid who is training to be a part of the Orlando City soccer team. Oh, wow. um, and so he came in for personal training, like, I mean, he's not even a CrossFit athlete, but like, that's, great revenue for the business. And it feels good when our personal trainer is able to work with somebody like that and help them get there. Um, So as the business stands right now, what percentage of the revenue would you say is coming from the personal training side of things?
2: Not a whole lot. I would say maybe ten percent. So we have we have a very small team. So I coach the majority of the classes on the schedule. Uh, Juan coaches the next amount. Uh, Kate's coaches a few. Brian coaches a few, and then Eddie coaches a few. So we're we're very we're a very small team. Um, Kate's, Brian, and Eddie all have full time jobs. So. Wow. They, they pretty much just do CrossFit coaching classes because like they love it. They love the community um, and, and they want to kind of get a little bit more involved in the community. And so pretty much Juan and I are the only guys that are really doing uh, the, the personal training. side And I don't have a whole lot of availability. So um, so, yeah, right now our personal training is, is just a small percentage of our uh, of our revenue.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> there's only like 12 to 13 hours in a day that really right. we can train clients <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you're pretty full. There's not much that we can do there to kind of yeah. grow that unless we looked at, you know, bringing somebody else on and obviously right. that might not be a reality for you guys right now.
2: Yeah. Um, it is. It's tough. And I'm sure that you you see this. It's in the fitness industry right now and I think, you know, generally just in the world since since COVID, it is very very hard to find good, talented people that want to come in and, and, and put their noses to the grind and, and get after it for for yeah. working.
1: That's a great point. Um, I think everybody's kind of struggling with hiring right now um, more than ever. Yeah. Uh, people don't have, uh, they, they, I think a lot of people say, well, people don't want to work the way that they, they used to before this yep. pandemic happened. And I think I will agree that like social media, the internet has made this generation a little bit more lazy. But yeah, also as business owners, we kind of have to look at it as, okay, well, like what can we do to really create an opportunity here? We don't want to just have, you know, look at hiring somebody and be like, all right, we're going to hire you and then like swim on your own, figure out how to find your clients. We want to hire somebody and help them become successful and give them the opportunity to make this a career. A lot of times I think why there's such heavy churn in this industry with our coaches is because as business owners, we're not really presenting them enough opportunity to grow like it's just kind of like a halftime thing or they stay pretty stagnant they get bored and then they decide to go to the next gym
2: (laughs) it's incredibly hard yeah so i a a few years ago i developed uh, what's called the assistant coach development training program and the whole idea was wherever you came from whether you're someone who has a crossfit level one or someone who's maybe never even worked in the fitness industry um you work with me or one of our you know senior coaches so that would be one at this point uh shadowing us for Four to six hours during the week, and then if you don't have your CrossFit Level One during that time, you can study to get your Level One. So your assistant coaching, you're learning from me. We're meeting on a weekly basis just to go over, you know, how was the class? And I, I quite literally created a handbook of how to run a class. So like, all right, this is how many minutes you're supposed to spend on your intro, how much minutes you're supposed to spend on your warm up, your skill work, your transitions, all of that stuff, to try to make this as let's take, take out the guesswork from it, right? Like how do I run a class? I'm going to show you exactly how to run a class. If you stick to this formula, you're going to be able to have an amazing class, get everybody in and out in an hour, including a cool down at the end. One of my biggest pet peeves is when, you know, you finish this terrible workout and they're like, all right, see you later. And they just kick you out to the curb, right? So my biggest thing is how can we bring somebody in and actually teach them the right way to do things, even if they are someone who might have a little bit of coaching experience in the past. Um, and, I'm, and I'm sure that you have seen this uh, you know, from, from the coaching side of things where it's sometimes easier to train not only you know a client or even a coach, but it's, it's easier to train someone that has no habits versus someone that has bad habits that you have to try to break. Um, but yeah, my, my whole goal for anyone that I bring onto the team is to create an opportunity for you to, you know, be here, right? In the fitness industry, it's very transient it's very easy for you to say all right well i have i'm going to coach this class at this gym then i'm going to go and have this personal training client in this person's apartment complex and i got to go over town to go to this person then i come back to class at night my goal for anyone who works here is to have a consolidated schedule where maybe you're on the schedule for two or three classes that day but i want it bookended so that you're able to do a personal training session before or after to really make some extra revenue and to really create you know like more of a shift instead of i'm just coming in and just doing a couple of classes for x number of dollars like how can you make this your place that you can feel like you are actually at work and you have a career and you're able to grow
1: okay 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 yeah yeah I get what you're saying and I think um I love the like the whole development you kind of built yeah. out around this because that's really what like business owners we should be doing um so that like like you said people aren't coming in um, to just coach a class or two, like they're coming in for a shift and it's something they can make as a career for themselves down the road, if that's what they choose to do. Um, but before we kind of, you know, I want to make sure we have time here to touch on a few other topics. So as things stand, you know, within the business, the, the bread and butter, I would assume is the classes, right? That's, That's what's bringing in the most revenue for the business as things currently stand. How many clients do you guys serve, um, in the class side of things?
2: Um, overall, or like how many members we have, or how many members
1: do you have? How many members yeah. do you have at this moment? We're
2: we're in the I think right now we're in the low 100s. I think just south of 120 members total. Right
1: okay. Now. Cool. And yeah. so, and you're 3,500 square feet, right? That is correct. Okay. So general rule of thumb that like we say in the industry is about 100 people per 1,000 square feet is like what you could fit. Is that something that is a reality for you guys? Um, Do you think you could fit, you know, 300, 350 members in the facility?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. When, when, when I, when I opened this bad boy, you know, five years ago, the goal was to get to the point where we had, you know, that 300 plus members. So that has always been in the back of our mind. Like, how do we get to 300 members? Um, And, and you and I spoke, you know, briefly before we got on, but, you know, before Covid happened. We were kind of we were cooking. And we were building up there. We we're at about 180, and then obviously Covid happened and lost probably about 80 of those folks. So we've kind of been like slowly trying to get ourselves back, uh, back above water.
1: Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about what some of those things that you are doing to kind of, kind of get back to to that point. What are you know to actively grow? What are some of the things that you're doing to find clients?
2: Sure. So. The entire time that we have been open, we've never really invested much into marketing. Um, We've just been very social media and word of mouth dominant right so we i i have a decent instagram the gym has an instagram we post the workouts we post videos we post testimonials all of that fun stuff so in the first you know two years that we were open it was just really all kind of inorganic growth we got a lot of referrals from people saying oh my god i've been training here for the last x number of months my gains have been awesome and they bring their wife their husband their coworker, their friend whatever it might be so did great like that um covid came and just you know you know kicked everyone in the butts and so now we finally for the first time in five years we've actually reached out uh, to a marketing company to help us uh, to do some things because I'm not a professional marketer. uh, And so we're working with a company called Ironclad. And they have the social media side of things kind of nailed down where they know exactly who to market to, and they know how to get people in the door to come in. And their model, what they're sharing with us is kind of adding into that, you know, ancillary revenue. So it's not necessarily how can we get to 300 members as fast as possible? It's how can we steadily grow our membership, but how can we also create repeatable weekly and monthly revenue that is outside of people just joining to become members? So they have some prepackaged nutrition challenges as well as accountability built in. So we have these weekly meetings People come in, I talk to them about all the different services they offer. And on the spot, it's they're either going to you know, join for a membership or they're gonna join for a six month, or I'm sorry, a, a six to eight week nutrition plan. And especially in an area that's kind of transient like Jersey City and the New York metropolitan area, people move around so much. The, the biggest reason that people churn out of our membership is because they just physically move away. If someone stays in Jersey City, more often than not, they are gonna stay at our gym. So it's how can we get more people on the hook that might just be here for a short period of time and really drive up that revenue that is outside of um, just having people become members in the gym. So we just started working with them uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so we're really starting to kind of just getting into it right now. So I, I don't have too much to report back, but the goal is to almost match what we're making in our membership revenue with what we're getting in for that like monthly income of people coming in for these six to eight week challenges.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really great tactic to pull in people. Um, Because typically if people are looking for a gym, they're looking to see some kind of result. So if we can get them in on some sort of transformation challenge or nutrition challenge or whatever it might be, it's perfect because we're selling that result to them. And results sell. Usually people don't, unless they're like fitness enthusiasts like ourselves, they're not looking to join a gym because of the cool rig that they have or the fancy like echo bikes that they have right they are yeah. looking to join a gym because they want to lose weight they want to tone up they want to gain muscle they want to feel better mentally so if we can help them get there perfect for us so I really like that approach so with that are they kind of running sort of ads on your social media like how are they pushing the information out
2: Yes, that's that's exactly what they're doing. So uh, they have figured out all of the the social media stuff and 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 the people who to target. And it's kind of you know similar to what you just mentioned. They're not marketing to CrossFitters. You know, they're marketing to the person who's sitting on their couch, who maybe hasn't worked out in a couple of years, who maybe is scared of CrossFit. But that is quite literally the majority of people in the world. You know, if you're only marketing to people who have done CrossFit or who love doing CrossFit, you're only hitting like one to 2% of the human population. And there's a whole world of people who are sitting around doing nothing right now that aren't happy with how they look, aren't happy with how they feel. And so they have the, the kind of bread and butter of being able to get us in front of those type of people to welcome them into our doors. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a combination of social media. And on, on our end, we you know we take class photos of what it looks like to be in our space. I've recorded a couple of videos, you know, showing people, you know, that I'm a human and not this big scary guy who just works out uh, to kind of show them, you know, a little bit of the softer side. And they package all that together and, you know, push out these, uh, these these social media ads on, you know, Instagram and Facebook to help uh, people come into our doors.
1: That's awesome. Um, And I I think you nailed it there. Like, (laughs) it's just a really, really great way to pull in the everyday person um and I think that crossFit is something that can be really intimidating to people just because of you know they've they've seen it on TV and it seems really scary and so they never think that they could do something like that so we get them in on some sort of challenge pack they see that oh this isn't so bad this isn't intimidating like you know there's a grandpa working out in this class yeah. <laughs> I can do this. Um, and we're able to change their lives and that feels really good. And obviously it's really great for the business too, because we're able to grow and scale, um, more so than we were before when we were just doing word of mouth referrals and things like that.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think for, for me personally, I didn't get into the fitness industry to just work with, you know, high level athletes and games athletes, because that like, they don't for all intents and purposes, they don't need, me. you know, like, yes, I can help kind of take you to the next level, but I got into the fitness industry to help to motivate, challenge, and inspire people to become the best versions of themselves. And if you're someone who's at home, maybe you're pre-diabetic, maybe you have type two diabetes, whatever it might be, you need my help a lot more than that guy who can already squat, you know, 300 pounds and wants to squat 315 pounds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Right. Uh, so Andre, what would you consider? I think it's great for us to talk about the really good stuff that we're doing, but I also like to touch on some of the challenges and bottlenecks too, because yeah. that's where our listener can really relate to you. And I think we, we learn just as much from the challenges as we do the great things. So what would you consider to be your biggest challenge when it comes to business right now? And what are you kind of doing to overcome that challenge?
2: I think the biggest challenge kind of like I said is we we have never paid money for any sort of marketing. Like we've always just kind of relied on people just naturally coming to us and then like we've we've talked about you know covid just kind of like put all of that to a complete standstill and even kind of like took us back a little bit so i think the biggest challenge for us is getting people into the door and letting them know that hey this is a place where you can come and work out and you don't have to be afraid of the barbell you don't have to be afraid of you know whatever crazy workouts that you might see on the board um and that i think that is i think for any crossfit gym across the world across the country i think that's the biggest hurdle that we have to overcome is showing that it is accessible. We know that it's accessible because we know the benefits of functional fitness. But it is very, very challenging to have someone who's you know sitting on their couch or you know just walking down the street to see our logo and to have them want to physically come into our door without really having any sort of knowledge base about what we do. Um, so once again, I think now the the biggest thing that we're doing is working with that company Ironclad, and I think for that side of things, it's showing the more of more of like the process of where you can be if you follow a plan in the world of not just you know crossfit related but if you follow a full well-rounded plan where you're working out three to four times a week you're tightening up what you're eating you have an accountability buddy or accountability team built in so uh yeah biggest thing is how can we make it not scary and try to get people in the door who might not otherwise want to come and, and see us
1: yeah, I would say you know, with any niche fitness thing like CrossFit, Pilates, bar, all of these, like it's intimidating for people to reach out because they've seen they've seen videos, they've seen photos, just maybe they have an idea in their head and it's not accurate, and so. How do we actually get people in the front door? And I think the the great thing that you're doing is kind of looking at it a little bit differently with the general fitness transformation challenge. That's a great way to just make this more of an approachable thing.
3: Um oh, can you, I add,
2: can I can I add something in? Uh, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah. So I recently started doing this. So, and this is something that I, I've kind of struggled with uh as a as as someone who's like, you know, not not a purist in, in the world of functional fitness, but I've always had my programming eyed on. All right, what's going to attract the best kind of athlete? And the best kind of athlete in the world of CrossFit is okay, someone that can you know do the muscle ups, someone that can do the handstand walk, someone that can do the snatches, someone can do the clean and jerks. So I always have had the top-down method of all right, I'm going to write my workouts so that they're hard enough for a high-level athlete to do, you know, even hard enough for me, and then but they're modifiable down all the way to someone who maybe has never done um, a barbell squat in their entire life, but If someone sees that workout on social media or on whatever, they're going to be like, well, I can't do that. So I'm not even going to try. Right. So that initially is going to just like kind of blow them out. What I recently started doing and this and this was, uh, you know, per advice of of Ironclad is I've created a burn version of all of the different barbell movements we do. So, for example, Wednesdays, we do Olympic lifting um, and. On those days, you know, if you're not about that life, maybe you're completely new to the barbell, you're going to come and you're going to do the warm-up with the team, right? You're going to grab your PVC pipe. You're going to try to at least get the movement patterns down. And then while everyone that has the CrossFit experience, while they're working on their snatch complex, you're going to be working on a combination of kettlebell swings, goblet squats, things like that, that's going to teach you hip hinging, that's going to teach you hip extension, that's going to teach you how to physically move your body through time and space. Meanwhile, you're able to see the high-level athletes doing everything with good technique and good form. And then over time, you might say, all right, well, you know, for the first X number of weeks, I was just working with the kettlebell. I feel confident with that. I've been watching, you know, this person who looks like me working with a barbell that's way heavier than anything I've ever touched. And so maybe they start to demystify being scared of working out, right? Um, In the past, I always thought that you had to separate them that you had to say, all right, so we're going to have a beginner's class, and we're going to have a, a lifter's class, but I think the biggest thing that we're doing now is just say, hey, everybody come together, we're all going to warm up together, but for my folks who aren't quite there yet, we're going we're gonna to have you in the class with everyone so that you can see what's going on, you're going to learn the basics, and then hopefully over time, you get unscared and get inspired and try to, you know, step your game up, and then that's when uh, we can go into the more advanced lifting with them.
1: Yep, and I think I don't know if I, I kind of told you this off air a little bit, but we, we do a programming or I guess it's a programming called levels method. And it's kind of similar to that, right? There's like five or six different levels, like all the way up into like competitive athlete. And then like, Hey, I don't want to touch any weights and it's the same workout, but just different variations. And we're all doing it together. And there could be a class of 25 people and we're all doing different things, but we understand, you know, where we're at. And there's not that uncomfortable feeling of like, hey, I'm the only ro- person in the room that's working with a kettlebell instead of a barbell. Like this right. feels uncomfortable. Um, but it's not It's not like that. And I really like that you um, pointed that out. Um, before we run out of time here, last question, more yeah. of a juicy loaded question. Take it as you will. <laughs> what would, if I were to hand you a magic wand and I was like, all right, Andre, all your goals and dreams for your business have come true what would that picture look like for you?
2: Oh, all my dreams have come true. So if all my dreams have come true, you know, we've got 300 plus members, things are cooking. I have a larger staff. I would, I would honestly like to have eight to 10 coaches that are just about this life. You know, people that aren't just necessarily part-time. Like if I can have eight to 10 guys and girls who really want to dig into the community and make this their space, um, as any business owner, I think we, we get into this fitness industry because we love it. We obviously want to, you know, make some change in people's lives, but you don't open a business because you want to be the one who is coaching every single class and doing all of the administrative work. I want to get the gym to a point where I have the coaches in place. I have the administrative side in place where... I can still continue to write the programming. I'm always going to write the programming no matter what. Like this is, this is my baby. I'm always going to be heavily involved in that. I'm always going to coach a number of classes, but maybe I don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning every day, you know? <laughs> so, right? So, so you know, magic wand, we've got 300 members. Classes are full. We have 20 people in, in every single class. My coaches are making good money and not just, you know, you know, a little bit of change. Like I want to be able to create value and wealth for my employees. I want my people in the fitness industry you know, happily and, you know, making, you know, 60 grand plus doing a combination of classes and personal training. Uh, When I was a personal trainer, um, kind of in like my my, my top time, I was making like, you know, $80,000 a year. And I was doing, you know, four to five personal training sessions a day and coaching a couple of classes. And so that was it, you know, I'm working, you know, five, six hours a day. And then I got to work out and like, that's a very, very good life. I would love to be able to create that sort of, um, value for all of the people that that work with me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think you know that's spot on. As a business owner, like there becomes a certain point where we start to experience like burnout. And like you're yeah. five years in, and no matter how much you love what you do, waking up at four a.m. six days a week takes a toll.
2: It's not ideal. It's not ideal. Um,
1: It's it's really, really tough. And so it sounds like you're kind of in the position where it's like, hey, let's get the right systems and procedures and everything in place so that I can spend some time working more on the business rather than in the day-to-day of the business. Um, And if we really look at, you know, how are we going to be able to grow and scale our gym? We can't grow and scale if we're literally caught up in the day-to-day seven classes a day or whatever you have Um, it's really really difficult um so what do you feel like you identify as something you really need to focus and hone in on now to make that a reality for you
2: I think the, the biggest thing that we have to do now is really dig in with uh, this new marketing thing we're doing with Ironclad and getting more people in the door. I think that we can create more financial opportunity for coaches and for you know personal trainers and employees if we just physically have more people coming in and out of the door. So like right now we can offer, you know, X for a class, but I would like to have it more, I mentioned earlier where it's more of a shift. So instead of you getting paid X number of dollars for doing this class and that class, it's all right, you are on the schedule from this time to this time. So that gives you time to come to class a little bit early. You're gonna set up, I I want, and in our employee handbook, we we want all the employees to get here 15 minutes before their class. But inherently, if you do that, then their hourly wage kind of ends up dropping down to a little bit less than it is, right? So how can I I create it that the person knows that, hey, I'm coming in, I'm coaching three classes, I'm going to make at least a hundred something dollars for those three classes. for that shift of work. And then if I can book in, you know, personal training session before and after. So right now I think the biggest thing is like, we need bodies to physically come into our gym because the more people we come in, the more revenue that the gym makes, the more that we can reinvest into our coaches and, and and our staff and really help them to grow and flourish.
1: Absolutely. I think your targets are great. You're spot on. (laughs) You're going to get there. You have the right mindset, um, and it sounds like you're focusing in the right areas, um, and so that's definitely exciting. So, um, last question: What's the Instagram page? Where can our listeners go to find you online?
2: Sure. So the the gym's Instagram handle is at one fifty bay fit. So one five zero b a y f i t. And then on my Instagram is just my name. So at Andre Cruz a n d r e C-R-E-W-S.
1: Perfect. Well, I appreciate you being here today. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Jim Lord's podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lord's out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's up, Jim Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Travis from Fortitude Fitness Training in Bend, Oregon. What's up, Travis? How are you today?
4: Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Enjoyed. Uh, talking to you so far, looking forward to sharing some more.
3: Awesome. All right, cool. So let's waste no time here getting into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What kind of sparked this whole thing for you?
4: Oh, well, owning my own gym came about through, um, basically going through some jobs that I didn't enjoy. I think we've all had one or two or 10 of those. And so (laughs) when I graduated from college, I was, um, Uh, amongst the wild, wild west of the internet age, which was uh, basically the the bubble that everyone talks about. So I was working at a, a huge software company, selling software, making 50 phone calls a day, and basically it got to a point where I was not passionate about that. I was going to the gym at lunchtime and I was living for the weekend. So mm-hmm. I really took a big, huge shift in my life. And one of the biggest turning points for me was uh, I was getting way into wakeboarding and I ended up purchasing a boat with the girlfriend that I had at the time. And I broke my ankle and my foot pretty severely bad. And that became a turning point because it inspired Uh, wanting to create some type of atmosphere where athletes could go and learn about how to do certain things that might be over their pay grade currently Mm -hmm. and allow them to have a safer environment to to learn how to do stuff uh, without having the consequence of these harsh environments, such as wakeboarding and snowboard parks and ski parks.
3: Got it. Okay. All right. Awesome. So passion, passion, Kind of fueled it, but then also wanting to do something that you actually enjoy and get out of uh, just those jobs that you have to do, but you don't like to do, essentially. Yeah.
4: Yep. Yeah. I, I thought at the time um, that I kind of had to do that type of routine or okay. um, job that was kind of expected. You know, it was like the norm to go to college and get a job and buy a house and get the dog and have some kids. Right. Um, that was kind of the the path that I was on as well. I just thought that that was the only path there was. And um, some um, changes in relationships as well as changes in careers allowed mm-hmm. me to like kind of rebirth myself in, into a whole new career. And so I had very little responsibility at the time and it just allowed me the, the room to, um, patch what's now become something 17 years later that's awesome
3: I love that yeah I mean so many people just kind of take the path that they think they have to take right and they never actually do something that fulfills them it's never something that they actually want to do you know that's like you said people get a job just because that's what you have to do and if you hate it too bad that's just the way that it is you know they buy the house they get the dog they have the kids and and that's just it and they live lives that are unfulfilling a lot of the time and people are kind of afraid to take that step and make it happen so good for you for getting outside of that and doing what you actually want to do
4: yeah it was a good choice it's definitely led to a much better lifestyle and kind of living while I'm young instead of waiting until I'm older when I can afford to live
3: Right, exactly. Absolutely. So, now what does your business model look like currently? How are you structuring things? Are you doing group classes, semi privates, one on ones, a little mix of everything? Kind of walk us through the layout there.
4: Yeah, I would say that I have a a boutique uh, fitness gym. It's based on personal training and coaching. So, some people choose the group, some people choose personal training. And those who choose personal training often graduate and go to the group and or stick with that because it's a great fit for them. So really, we're providing a coaching environment. So we don't offer any type of open gym or um, that type of model that might be the standard gym model. So I'd say it's a pretty standard boutique gym model. Um, We get up in the morning, we offer some classes to people who are going to hit it before work. And then, when we're done with the personal, are with the group fitness, say around eight o'clock in the morning, we get into personal training throughout the rest of the day, and then come five thirty p.m., we're we're back into another offering of group fitness.
3: Awesome, I love that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely um, more personalized and allows you to have more of a hand in helping people actually get to where they want to go, as opposed to having an open membership style. Uh, now, how many square feet are you working with?
4: Uh, well, we have a building that's a footprint of 4,800 square feet, but the gym itself is uh, 3,200. Okay.
3: 3,200
4: square feet. So um, it's got a model that's built on 15 uh, squat racks in the room and having up to 15 people in there have their own gear, have their own space, not not even need to share anything.
3: Okay, nice. Yeah, it's still a, a good amount of space to work with as far as training space goes, so that's that's good. Now, as far as the membership goes, how many members or clients are you currently serving?
4: So our group fitness is approximately 70 clients at the moment, mm-hmm. and then with um, PT, we have another dozen clients on top of that.
3: Got it. Okay.
4: And then I have some online training clients. On top of that, we'll call it another um, six to eight of those. And then we have some that come and go a bit, but primarily that's uh, that's the makeup of the gym. So just just under a hundred.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that a number that you're looking to grow? Or are you looking to add more clients, more memberships? Where are you at there?
4: Well, this is a new gym. I actually uh, created it during the pandemic. I moved. Okay. Away. From elsewhere. And so when I got here, uh, didn't have a gym, didn't have any relationships, didn't know anyone. And come May of 2020, got access to the building that I was seeking out. And then once we got access to the building, had to do a complete renovation because it was a transmission shop for 20 years. And it had, you know, big four big uh, garage doors, but it also used to just have all kinds of greasy parts in it and uses and things like that. So um, the answer to your question is, where we're at right now is a fairly steady growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're starting in basically August of 2020, Mm -hmm. pretty much deep, deep pandemic at the time when people really weren't joining gyms. Mm -hmm. uh, Until this point now, two years later, August 2022, Building it up to that 70 people is it's very gratifying. Super happy with that population, and the way that I've built it compared to my previous gyms, um, having better financial success this round with less people. So right. that being said, I think in in the boutique gym business, the 150 people in your group fitness is a is a really sweet number. I think Mm -hmm. that number has been talked about quite a bit. There's people who are like, yeah, you get bigger than 150. You as the owner probably don't know everybody's name anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get to 150, you have some disposable income that you didn't have at 70 people.
3: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing with boutique fitness is that you can charge more for the services that you're providing because you're providing a higher level of service then in turn work with less people, which allows you to serve them better, right? Because if we're working with too many people, the level of service might go down if we don't have the right systems in place to be able to provide that high quality level of service consistently across the board. So there are situations where we can work with less people, charge a little bit more, provide a higher level of service, which works out for everybody because as the gym owner, you end up making either the same amount or more and working less hours and your clients get better results. So it works out for everybody. Absolutely. Now, as far as marketing advertising goes, everybody wants to know how you're getting people in the doors. You know, this is a huge topic within the podcast. Everybody wants to know what everybody's doing to acquire new clients and get the word out there about what it is that you do. So how do you approach that?
4: Well, I I think marketing is a tricky one and it's always one that, that us gym owners, or at least me in particular, don't particularly like. Um, It's a necessary evil in a way because a lot of us gym owners, we get into this business because we love to train people. Mm -hmm. Um, We could get into this business because we want to make money. And therefore we're willing to, to track our money and do things like that. But when it comes to marketing, I think it's a, um, I think it's a pain personally. And so uh, I found that the, you know, we call it the Google machine. Mm-hmm. It's like you, Google seems to be kind of winning the war right now. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of people can find my location simply by Googling Bend, Oregon, gym, fitness training, personal training, group fitness, you know, those types of things, you're going to find fortitude fitness training towards the top. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's some, let's say SEO, but that's some based on reviews. And it's also just there, it's not a huge town, but it's also got explosive growth. So there's a lot of people moving here and they're, they're looking for their new home. And so I think that um, that's one of our best resources for actually connecting with customers. Mm
5: -hmm. That
4: being said, we advertise on Google. So I put forward about 300 bucks a month towards it kind of nonstop. Uh, Don't vary it a ton, probably could do a better job doing it and watching it but i know for a fact when i stopped it things slow down and when i keep it going it seems to to like keep a, a good drip going i'm not sure that we've got the number of heads um, entering the door that would meet our ideal expectations or goals but we're certainly happy to have every one of them walk through the door and a lot of them come through google now, all that being said, haven't had tons of success with Facebook or um, Instagram marketing or paid marketing. We do have a presence there and uh, upkeep it. I would say on a weekly basis. I, I don't also love social media, but um, it's also um, it's fun. It's cool. It's cool to share share what's going on. Um, so. Social media paid advertising has not been one of my most successful avenues and then I think the next way is just the way that we're presenting ourselves on our website. So, people often say oh you have normal people on your website. And so, uh, one of the things that we're trying to convey here at this gym is we're trying to recruit normal people right meaning, meaning like anybody who wants to get in shape that's either feeling like they want to get in better shape and have a new place to do it or start from kind of the beginning um they're all welcome here and so I think that that's pretty well conveyed on our website that doesn't you don't have to be um ready for some fitness competition to start right and So we're, we're more than happy to take you from the get-go from from square one or have the ability
3: to pick up people wherever they're at yeah absolutely yeah i think that's important to convey on the front end uh people want to see other people that they can relate to right they don't want to be intimidated a lot of times when we're putting out ads or content that people are like all ripped up and you People are already intimidated as it is to kind of come into a new gym, a new space with new people that they don't know. So if you can put content out there that's relatable and other people see that and see that, oh, that person looks like me and they're there, then they probably are going to feel more comfortable coming in the door. So that tends to translate very well. Now, with the Facebook and Instagram marketing, why do you think that it didn't work for you?
4: Um, I am... Just you can see the metrics for starters. You can Mm -hmm. see types of click-throughs you can get and things like that. So um, I can show evidence that it didn't work if Mm -hmm. you're asking me why I think it didn't work. But if I'm I'm to give some type of opinion, um, I don't really know. Um, I don't know if it's algorithms. I don't know if it's throwing enough money at it. I don't know if the audience that I'm trying to pursue is on those platforms or, um, you know, actively looking within that platform to find a gym. Um, So I'm just not convinced that it's the way to, to gain the most clients. It's certainly needed to give yourself exposure, but I'm just not sure it's the best pond to be fishing in.
3: Got it. Yeah. The reason I ask is because Facebook is still the best converting platform as far as acquiring new members compared to Google, compared to Instagram, any other platforms that are being used. Obviously there's a lot that goes into that, right? Targeting, um, the offer that you're putting out there. Now with that being said, what is the front end offer that you're typically putting out there to make people want to come in the doors?
4: Sure. Um, Well, I don't like to do a lot of discounting or baiting of Mm -hmm. people. So a lot of my front end offer is just presenting that this is a place that we're looking to add new members to. And if it's a good fit for you, then we're here waiting for you, ready to get you going.
3: Got it. Okay. Um, Is there any type of information that you're gathering on the front end whether that be like name phone number so that you can reach out to them and kind of nurture that relationship at all
4: absolutely so I have a piece of back-end software that I use that once they've um, our whole marketing campaign is to have people sign up for what you probably are already familiar with but for anybody who's not it's called a no sweat intro and so Um, Our whole intention is to get them to come in to meet us. Mm -hmm. That's that's really the bait, right? We want you to come in and meet us. So once we uh, have them click through, whether it's the the website, uh, the social social media, um, or on Google itself, they get to a landing page, which puts their name and phone number and email in it.
5: Mm
4: -hmm. So yes, we're collecting that. And then the piece of software um, drips marketing at them from there on. And they're encouraged to create a, an appointment with us, but if they haven't made an appointment, it'll still continue to contact
3: them. Got it. Okay, so there's definitely a system in place there for lead nurture. So that's a, a good thing. Most most companies overall, not even just gyms, don't have systems in place to nurture leads. And it tends to be a, a, a big gap there. So.
4: I would agree this is new for me in this iteration so within two years that's something that's new for me.
3: Yeah yeah it definitely makes a big difference you know because there are so many times where somebody shows interest in the facility or in the business and it kind of just falls through the cracks right especially if you're on the floor training and you've got somebody that shows interest and then you know, you're running session to session or class to class and things get backed up, right? And then sometimes it's a day or two or more before you can even reach out to them. Whereas if we can have some type of system in place that automatically reaches out to them right away, that's huge, it goes a long way. So definitely an important piece there. Um, now, I had something else I was gonna ask. Was it, um, have you ever considered, I know you said you you don't discount on the front end. Typically you don't like to do like any low barrier offers or like discounts or anything, which I agree with. I don't like that either. I never ran anything for free. I, it was, you didn't even come in the door if you didn't pay something. Uh, so have you ever considered running a higher ticket or a high ticket front end offer?
4: Uh, I've considered it. Um, I have not done it. I think that, um, you know, once we have the, the conversation with our people, once they get in the door, it becomes, Hey, is, are you leaning towards personal training or towards group fitness? Mm -hmm. And so, um, our pricing, for example, is not available on our website.
5: Yeah.
4: So they're, they have to come in and have that conversation to even find out what it costs. Mm -hmm. And so um, having a, a, the pricing right out front is not what we currently do. And what I, my strategy is often, I wanna have a low barrier to entry, right? I don't wanna have all kinds of um, things that that stack up on the front end that look like they're gonna have a hard time getting started. Mm-hmm. And once we do have them in, um, and they wanna pursue group fitness, we do an on-ramping process. So that's something that they have to pay or invest in before they've even started their monthly group fitness. Um, But back to the, to answer your question, um, I currently have not offered a higher end product out there. When they come in, we certainly have higher end products available such as personal training.
3: Yeah. Okay. So I didn't ask the question correctly. I don't necessarily mean putting the pricing out there. That never does well. Um, But so it sounds like you are collecting a good amount of cash on day one. That's more so what I'm referring to as far as collecting cash on day one, right? Because most gym owners, most businesses are not collecting anything on day one, And then by the time they get the person converted into a membership, usually the monthly rate isn't very high. Typically what we see are people sticking around for three to six months on average. And by the time that person ends up leaving, they've never actually even covered the cost of acquiring that client to the gym, right? right? So it's like, we're never actually making money off of the people that are coming in. So right. if you collect more on day one, get the person more invested, right? People who pay, pay attention. So if they're investing financially, chances are they're going to show up, you're going to get the results that they're looking for, and they're going to stick around for a longer period of time. And that's the goal to get them to where they want to go. Um, so it sounds like you are collecting a larger amount up front on day one through that on-ramp process
4: they we're collecting payment information and we're they're committing to 237 dollars okay walking out the door and that 237 dollars covers their on-ramp process right which okay. is three personal training sessions Okay. So, the on-ramping has the direct intention of, hey, I want to go to class. I want a fast track to class. Okay. Fastest track to class is three personal training sessions that are a curriculum dedicated towards uh, more or less 21 foundational movements. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. I like that because that does a few things first of all like we're talking about acquiring the cash on day one is always great because then you have some type of working capital within the business to invest into advertising if you want to um the other thing is that it kind of weeds out the people that aren't necessarily serious right it's like the people that are signing up for that chances are they're ready to put in the work to actually reach their goals which is big so it makes a big difference
4: most of them, I think, have already decided that they're going to come to this gym. By the time that they're, you know, showing up, mm-hmm. not necessarily by the time they're leaving. Right. Um, so it's a matter of us doing a good job of uh, interpreting what it is that they need mm-hmm. and selling them the right thing that fits their budget, but also fits their um, acquisition of goals. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, really, uh, if the overarching theme is marketing. It's how do you get them in to meet you and have that first conversation? That's that's really what it's all about. Because from there, it's a relationship that you're starting. Mm -hmm. And if you have three hours of one-on-one training, you're cementing that relationship in so much more than just teaching them 21 moves. But you're learning about them. You learn about what they can and can't do. in that meeting that we've had before we even started, the no sweat We're learning about some of their vulnerabilities and what their goals are and what's worked for them historically and what their limitations or injuries are gonna be. And so this process is so much better refined than what I used to do historically. If we're talking from a business standpoint, it used to be, hey, come on in for your first class free. Mm -hmm. And then you go right into the next class and right. that, then that person was out the door and your ability to get to know them was limited you tried to give them as much time as you could without dominating the entire class mm-hmm. and then like you mentioned before you're on to the next session and it could be a couple of days before you follow up with that person who came and showed up in person and even spent an hour with you right now that can be i uh, you know the marketing and the the pursuit of additional clients can always be a you know, full-time job on top of your other 17 full-time jobs.
3: Right. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And so now would you say your conversion rate is a lot better now that you've implemented that system for onboarding?
4: So it's, the conversion rate's better, but the retention rate is the one that I see as the, the real um, proof Mm -hmm. Of how it's working.
3: Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because the people are more invested.
4: They are. And you've got a better relationship going. And once you get them into the class and they're all on the same page as far as they know these 21 moves, you can coach the whole class to a different base level of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so now we have a gym full of good movers. Right. And, And with a gym full of good movers comes the ease and coaching which is ease on relationship, right? You don't have to harp on people for high elbows. You either know if they got it or not. And you can just say like, you know what we're talking about, keep those elbows up because you know, right. we've talked about it before. And so um, it's, it just seems to be uh, better communication, less conflict, better, better movement, everything simply from this first startup of, One, the impression on the website to be in there at that first meeting and having that marketing drip, Mm -hmm. then getting them started ASAP and getting them through the on-ramping within a week. And then they're in class and it just seems like from there, it's a really nice, smooth process.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. There's systems in place there to make it run like a well-oiled machine.
4: Finally. Yes.
3: (laughs) Yes. <laughs> right. It took time. Right. But you figured it out at this point. And there are a lot of uh, gym owners who who don't have necessarily systems in place. And it gets a little bit overwhelming and uh, makes it hard to get the right people in and get them on the right track to actually reach their goals. So that's a, a big piece there. Now, where are you directing most of your attention within the business right now? What are you currently working on in the business?
4: So uh, I'm a gym owner, just like a lot of people who don't have a whole lot of staff. Um, so I'm, I'm, I spread myself out pretty thin. My number one priority is the hour that's in front of me, mm-hmm. right? It's the, um, it's the class that I'm teaching. It's the personal training session that I'm in. And so um, as a startup guy, again, like I went from having uh, two gyms with 13 staff members and hosting 85 classes a week back down to one gym and you know myself and then one other person helping me for the last year and so a lot of my attention is spent still being on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said you got to get more people in the door so the way that my scheduling software works uh, allows me to schedule those no sweat intros in my calendar automatically when i'm doing a pt session it'll say oh tomorrow brett smith is coming in and you're like okay great and he's at 11:15. i got an appointment from you know my calendar knows how to rig that and so that stuff helps set me up for automation mm-hmm. and then um how I'm also spending my time is attending those meetings. So that's the hour I have ahead of me that hour. So giving that person hundred percent of my attention and, and really giving them an opportunity to tell me as much as they're willing to tell me in that hour, mm-hmm. or if it's a, it's more like a half hour for those meetings. Yeah. So, um, a lot of, a lot of me is just paying attention to wherever I'm at, right. When I'm there.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, at in the nighttime and things like that, you know, I have to manage the the back end admin stuff, and that usually takes a good solid hour or so plus a day. And mm-hmm. then um, the other thing that I've changed over the years is um, adopting some other people's programming, so um, not not reinventing the wheel every week and mm-hmm. creating potential disasters or p- potential masterpieces that are then just Gonna be there one day and gone the next right that's how a lot of programming works so yep. saving some time by um using some bones and framework uh, from one of the providers that provides programming mm-hmm. um, and then you know the marketing piece kind of happens uh, proactive and reactively and uh you know the website gets changed here and there, and the and the social marketing, uh, or or just putting out social media posts happens um, two three times a week, and the rest of the time I'm actually trying to like relax a little bit and have some fun.
3: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And are you looking to get off of the floor a little bit more so that you can focus? more of the attention on the business side of things, or where, where do you stand there? Some people struggle between being on the floor and then focusing on the business. It it can be challenging to do both. So what's that like for you?
4: Yeah. So for me, I think that that's an ultimate goal. I think that right now, um, you know, for the business to run smoothly, I have to be present. And so, um, I have a trainer that has worked for me for over a year. She teaches a certain um, load of classes, and then she teaches a certain load of personal training. Mm -hmm. So that allows me to not have to be there or be thinking about that class or that client during that hour. So that allows me either to coach another client that hour or be working on the business. Um, I also have a which is a really cool situation I have a guy that just retired he's 57 who's spent the last 10 years in the gym while he's doing his corporate startup uh, you know tech career and crushing it he coached for four years in a gym and Mm -hmm. so he just moved here because he's retired and he's like I want to coach and so He's going to be capable, or already started doing some on ramps, and he's taken on some PT clients. And even as soon as this morning, he coached his first class, where I stood off to the side, and he coached my class. So um, the grand scheme here is you can't hold on to the baby too tight. Mm-hmm. And I've you know I've I've tried kind of both angles of it historically, and so if you you know are so particular on either the way that the person, um, conducts the class or presents the lifts or how, what music they play. Like you either got to put some systems and training in place Mm
5: -hmm.
4: and allow yourself to let go a bit and know that the process of people getting through that hour successfully, having a guide that, cared about them Mm -hmm. and had an eye that's good enough to notice when they're not doing it well and has the um, audacity, but yet the filter to be able to, to coach them through that process and get them through it. And at the end of the hour, be safe and have them happy and work out. That's really the goal. So it's not so much that people are coming for any one personality. I don't think that A gym needs to be driven by any one personality. And if it gets to that point, you've really cut yourself into a deep hole that's hard to get out of.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things there. You know, a lot of gym owners uh, build their business around them, right? Even to the point where their name is on the door. Oh, yeah. And at that point, when you do that, it's all great in the beginning, especially for the ego, right? It's like everybody wants to come in and see you. Yes, But when you get to a point where you're trying to reach that next level and step back a little bit and maybe focus on some of the business side of things, it becomes really hard to step back. And, um, you know, a lot of your clients expect you. So it makes it really hard to make that transition Um, on the other side of it, even if the name isn't on the door, but you've built everything to where it is now. It can be really hard to let go of some of that control. Right, because you think if I'm not doing it, it's not gonna be done as well, or there's a lot of things that kind of come into play there. And it can be really hard to take that step back. Um, but you touched on this, having repeatable systems in place, right? Like if, if there aren't systems in place that are repeatable, it becomes really hard for you to ever be able to train anybody up to take over what it is that you're doing. A lot of times trainers, coaches, gym owners get into these positions where they're doing everything, but they don't have any rhyme or reason to what it is that they're doing. So they can't teach somebody else how to do what they're doing. And then they're not able to step out.
4: Correct. And that comes all the way down to how you vacuum mop the floor. Right. And and most recently you asked me, you know, am I getting more into the business and out of, on the business, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have a, a gal that's been helping me this summer clean. And mm-hmm. so that's you know, my mentor would say, hey, that's one of the first things you need to offload.
5: Yes.
4: And you know, it took two years before I was like, okay, I can afford to pay a cleaner now. And it it's awesome.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It's a nice big step to get to. And yes. that that paying that person, you know, 15 plus hour dollars an hour to to do that floor and, and take care of things is a good solid four hours. Like if you're working and that's just doing it once a week. And that's a lot of time that when I get done, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do this thing. You know, I don't, I want to sit down. I don't want to then go hit the QuickBooks. Exactly. um, Those types of things are, are, I'm starting to listen to, affording those types of luxuries to make more money per hour
3: right yeah buying back some of your time you know it's so important because time is the only thing that you can't get back it's like you can make more money but you can't make more time and you know there are so many gym owners and this plays into like the marketing aspect as well that are willing to spend time but not money right? The amount of gym owners that I talk to that go out into, yeah, community events or handing out flyers or just doing things that are costing them hours throughout their day where they could be training clients and getting a return on the investment of time. They're just spending out trying to get the word out there, hand out flyers or, and not even necessarily talking to the right people, right? So- That's a, a huge aspect that's really important to, you know, when you can, you're in the position to be able to buy back some of your time. It's important to do that and then focus that attention in areas that are going to provide you with a higher return on investment. So
5: absolutely,
3: Definitely. All righty. So now one thing I always like to ask before we wrap up, what is one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in ownership in the fitness industry?
4: Well, given that I've uh, been a personal trainer since 2004, 2004 to 2009, pretty much just running my own PT business. Mm -hmm. Then I took on a partner and opened a gym And then a year and a half later had that same partner. We opened up a second gym and then 10 years of gym ownership and then going through what that took to unravel and then putting it back together on more on my own Mm -hmm. uh, in this iteration. I would say that, you know, I've learned all kinds of things and, and the list is quite long. Some of them are, more from a personal standpoint. Some of them are more from a business standpoint. I think that if, you know, I could talk to my young self again, given that, you know, 2004, when I was getting into this business, I would say, absolutely do it. You know, absolutely do it. You're going to continue to love it. It's still something that you're going to be passionate about 20 years from now. And it's a great fit for you.
5: Mm-hmm
4: if I was to say, Hey, should I take on this partner and open these two gyms? At the time, it seemed like the best way to do it. And it was probably one of the only ways to do it, even though I, you know, might think I could have done it on my own. Like the, the contrast between what the partner brought and what I brought, we were two different guys with two different skill sets. So it really allowed the, the um, combination to have like, the what it took to to get going um i would have definitely solidified the legal aspect of the partnership and the buyout clause slash uh breakup policy Mm -hmm. in the very beginning and you you always hear that and i could tell you excuses why we never completed that because we definitely took um, strides towards that but never completed the paperwork to the point where it was Mm well-defined. And and that was probably one of the most regretful aspects of it, because that's when things that could have been cleaner potentially got more um, personal. And then um, I think that I've learned that there's definitely a divide between the personal aspect of the business and the business aspect of the business. And, you know, that's a relationship business. We have relationships with hundreds, if not over time, thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you can keep as many of those relationships on the uh, positive and do a great job servicing them and, and being respectful, it'll go a long, long way. I think that I have been duped at times thinking that those relationships were, deeper than maybe they were. And so when there were times where people had to make a choice of going one direction or another, um, I potentially took it too personally. And so in the future, um, it gives me reservation of, you know, investing in some of those relationships as deeply with so many but I'm, um, trying not to be weary of that at the same time and allow myself to still be open hearted and, and, uh, continue to, to serve without prejudice and, and do everything, you know, um, with a hundred percent passion and effort. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that all being said, I, I think for people in this business, you need to set yourself up for the future and where it's going. So, this iteration of my gym is something that i'm proud of what we represent here is a welcoming not intimidating environment that allows people to come here and be themselves and not have to conform or try and be somebody that they're not and that's all about relative intensity right providing a program that people can be successful every day and not necessarily feel failure because they can't do things but provide them ways to be successful and continue to encourage them to do more of what they love. And that's really what this gym is all about. It's like, hey, you like to mountain bike, you like to be out and recreate, um, come work out with us three days a week, you're gonna be better, faster, stronger. Really our key is being stronger than yesterday. So if you can be stronger than yesterday and be on a trajectory of uh, better fitness, as opposed to decreased levels of fitness, and you're out there having fun, doing what you love, then you're on the right track.
3: Absolutely. Love it. That sums it up very well. All righty. So where can listeners find you on social media?
4: Uh, They can find us at Fortitude Fitness Training. And Facebook, as well as on Instagram.
3: Perfect. All righty. So Travis from Fortitude Fitness Training in Bend, Oregon, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show.
4: It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
3: Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
1: Use coupon code Lords on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
6: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us, we have Rich Santora of Santora Fitness joining us from down in St. Petersburg, Florida. Rich, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing tremendously. I'm excited to dive into this. I'm excited to pick your brain. I always enjoy the chance to have a conversation with with relatively new business owners. And in the grand scheme of things, this is a fairly new business. But Rich, I don't want to steal your thunder. Before we get into the business side of things and all that you do operationally, give me a quick rundown of Santora Fitness. How do you describe this to other people when they ask you what you do?
7: Yeah. So, um, Santora fitness, you know, crazy name, right. I wonder where I got it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Very creative. Um, so basically I, um, I am a big guy about functionality and I try to make everybody that walks in my door really, uh, focus on the way their body, them specifically move and what they can do to improve themselves. Um, and that is kind of the, the, the main core to my regimen is just movement and functionality. That's what I'm all about, man. And longevity, I guess, is another good one too. Sure. Sure. And so
6: focus on the coaching, right? At the heart of this, we want to make sure that people are doing quality, right? More so than just diving in on the deep end. Now, take us back a little bit. Tell me about how this whole thing got started. I think origin stories are fascinating when it comes to the fitness industry, Tell me about not necessarily the moment that the, the business doors opened and we were ready to rock. Tell me about the moment the idea popped into your head. Hey, I'm going to open up my own business.
7: Yeah, man. Uh, so basically, uh, COVID, COVID was bad for a lot of people, right? We went into lockdown and uh, a lot of people kind of either lost their job or had to find another avenue. Um, I was similar to that, right? Uh, I actually left my old gym a few weeks before we went into lockdown. So I was, um, you know, trying to pivot and trying to figure out what my next move was. And then lockdown happened. So my number one instinct was, uh, well, what can I do? Well, I have plates and barbells and equipment in my garage. And I was like, I know how to train people. So, you know, while I'm wasting time and lockdown, let's have people come over one at a time and just, you know just have fun, train them in the driveway and stuff like that. Right. And, um, and then they were like, Hey man, you're, this is really good. You know, we should keep doing this. And, uh, so after we got out of lockdown, we, uh, slowly started getting more people. And then my house then became my gym. So obviously privacy was, you know, out the window. <laughs> so when you have clients rolling up at six thirty in the morning, ready to roll at 7.00 AM, you know, it's kind of like, you gotta, you gotta wake up quick. And, um, so then I yeah, so then we made the decision to maybe it's time to look for a space. And uh, that's kind of how we went about moving into the gym is I got kind of overloaded and tired of people coming to the house. So uh, we found a spot about six blocks away from the house and um, opened in August of last year. So, yeah, so yep. the origin story is basically I was kind of just forced into it in a way yeah,
6: sort of stumbled our way into the necessity exactly. of it right
7: actually yeah 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 and honestly the learning process i mean i was a, a decent trainer when i when i started but tackling this on your own you have to learn a lot very quickly so Believe that was me,
6: everyone that listens to this podcast knows exactly uh, what yeah, you're talking about. It, yeah 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 100 so we we found our way into a commercial space this is for all intents and purposes, a solidified business at this point. And it's coming up on a year of you doing this. Now that you have some perspective, we've been in this place for a year. Tell me about your favorite part about running your own business. And then as a follow-up, what's been the hardest part of running your own business?
7: Oh man, good question. So my favorite part is probably just, I know it's going to be cliche, but like the freedom you know, not having someone above you be your boss. I know that like everyone wants to be their own boss and everything and everyone hates their boss. I never minded having a boss. I just, for some reason, I, I, I like to do certain things a certain way and not everyone likes to follow that. So that has probably been my favorite part about opening and doing it all on my own is that I've been able to use my own creative process and kind of see, you know, create this thing out of nothing and fail along the way, obviously. And, 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 and that is fun in itself. And that kind of leads me into my next, you know, what's the worst part is it's like the double edge of that. Right. Is the other side is it's all on you. You know what I mean? There is definitely a trial and error sort of gig. Right. And uh, you don't have the money to pay the bills. Well, you know, rents do, they don't care. And um, so that has probably been, the most, you know, humbling and the most challenging part of it, like in the same way, I would say. Oh, and okay. probably this is the second thing is people management. That's probably the worst, the, the other second <laughs> worst thing. thing.
6: That's a rabbit hole that you and I could go down for oh, hours dude. and hours yes. and hours. 100%. We don't quite have time for a, a human psychology conversation today, <laughs> but a conversation for another day at least. But uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the business and the model as it stands today. What is kind of the the main service that we're putting out there?
7: So basically it's all one-on-one, right? It's, uh, there are no classes. It's just me and the client. Um, and I kind of have been doing that from day one. Uh, when I was, you know, my previous job, I did coach group classes and, um, I know we'll segue into that, but, uh, yeah, uh, that is probably the only thing that I do is just one-on-ones. Um, I don't do any online programming. I did when I first started. Uh, and honestly, we could go down in the details about that, but I saw like the amount of time that I was putting into each individual person, like with like the quality that I wanted and I expected, um, it would take a very long time to write out each program for each day. So it just got so time consuming that the, you know, the, the, the ratio of like, you know, benefit to cost was not really worth it anymore. So I kind of just, ease my way out of online programming and just stuck with in person mostly got it okay yeah. and
6: you mentioned that that you came from a background of crossfit and mm-hmm. group training what yeah. spoke to you about the one-on-one model more so than groups of whatever size even if it's semi-private or large right. group or whatever the title is
7: I guess individuality Individuality is is easier to connect with the client, I guess, is one way. Um, you don't ever have to worry about uh, safety, right? Because you're only having to focus on one person. You're not having to scan a room of 50 with, you know, people moving heavy weight all at once. Um, I think that's the main reason I just focused on the one-on-one. Uh, CrossFit really taught me how to adapt quickly right? Have to make adjustments to somebody's movement very quickly and uh, efficiently. So um, yeah, I, I like sticking to like ones or twos at a time. That way I can just give them the best quality of training possible. And it's not that CrossFit doesn't do that. I mean, there are great gyms out there that their coaches do a great job of making sure everyone's moving properly. It's just, it doesn't matter how good of a coach you are it's always going to be challenging with 25 30 people you of know course. what I mean? I mean
6: pros pros and cons to both and it's it's not quite an apples to apples comparison anyway right, right? the person yeah. looking for one-on-one training is probably a vastly different avatar than the person looking for 25 in a room crossfit style class yeah this the the, the way that this got started you mentioned the it's it was just a, a handful of people that came over and trained and it slowly grew and, and grew. It sounds like this is mostly organically and, and word of mouth, but have you either in the, the past year or entertained the
7: idea of moving forward, have you done any kind of formalized marketing for this? I mean, other than the website, which you know, kudos to my wife. She's she got her degree in marketing. That's her whole job is marketing. She made the website for me. Um, But other than that, you know, I'm not very good at social media. I'll admit that. (laughs) That is not my strong suit. I don't like it either. So I kind of stay away from it. And obviously when you're a business owner in 2022, that's kind of really important. So um, yeah. So the way I kind of gain clients and stuff is all organic, all word of mouth, uh, no advertising. Like, I mean, it's going to sound not insulting, but like, I mean, I really don't do any advertising. I don't post anything. I don't, I don't have you know ads going out on YouTube or anything like that. Like nothing. It's all just like, I tell my clients, Hey, if you have anybody else that's you know dealing with an injury or, you know, wants to start talking about this, just, you know, shoot them my number. And it's all just been, Hey, I think you could really help this person. Here they are. You know what sure. I mean? And sure. I feel like, and not the, you know, not that, you know, I do, am bragging or anything, but like I feel like if you do a good enough job in changing that client's life, they're eager to share that with other people, and especially people that they care about, they want to make sure that they're taken care of too. So I've had sure. so many clients that are like, oh, my spouse or my niece or my nephew they could really use this too. Their back's always hurting or they got an injury last spring or, you know, whatever. So they feel like if they gain something, they are eager to share it with others. And then that just kind of just brings more people in, you know what I
6: mean? So, so I agree. The, the only downside to this, the organic, the word of mouth style, the challenge for personal trainers historically has been each new client I add is probably a significant boost in revenue, but each new client that I lose is a significant hit in revenue. And we don't have a ton of control of when we can get those referrals, right? We don't have the ability to go out and and force feed it down people's throats at least. So pros and cons, right? That's been the, Mm -hmm. the theme of our conversation so far with yourself being self-proclaimed and not a social media expert do you think that's been kind of the biggest hurdle in terms of using some of those platforms yes, for
7: advertising 100 yeah, yeah i would say 100 i just um it's just the i guess it's just the mentality shift i guess people are just so you know people are that like social media they're just good at it you know what i mean it's just a breeze to them to me it's like school you know when you were like going to take a test or something like that you get that anxiety you don't know what you're going to do That's kind of how I get whenever I go to make a post. It's just like I get kind of freaked out. And yeah, so and honestly, it's been pushing me and challenging me to do more uh, kind of video and like uh, uh, testimonials and kind of stuff like that, Uh, trying to put my face out there a little bit more and present myself and my work a little bit more versus just like a picture on Instagram and a tag saying like you know, we should all eat more carrots, you know, or something like that. And I don't know, but like, I, I like the social media aspect of doing it. Like, um, I know we'll segue into like what we're going to do in the future, but like, like live video or like mm. video tutorials or like, you know, um, yeah, Truly something like putting that.
6: value out. Right. Correct. Like, yeah. Yeah. It yeah needs right. To be a balance of both. Of exactly. Those, right?
7: Yeah, and I don't and, and I have enough clients and I have enough people around me that supply me with enough, you know, income that I'm able to focus more on quality of content versus getting people in the door. Now, yeah. not everyone is lucky enough to have that, right? They have to get that's people. an important point
6: of this conversation, sure. Right.
7: Yeah. Um, and I understand that. And um I've learned that I've just had, and you you nailed it, man. Like, Oh, we are not guaranteed income when we go out into the field to look for clients. Like there is no guarantee you're going to walk home with a client. So um, it just makes you really focus on um, your values and what your work means to you. And I feel like if you can really figure with that out, I feel like you have an easy way to sell yourself to somebody and make yourself, and convince them to, and that, whether that be in person or on a video advertisement on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever, I feel like if you can convey your message in a really easy to understand, digestible way, that was something that I really worked on, is communication. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of people, they just kind of, they they lose track and their eyes glaze over, so the less time you spend convincing <laughs> them the better, you know what I mean? We have a tough time in the fitness industry with trying
6: to prove how smart and intelligent we are. And we end up talking to other fitness people as our audience more so than the people who actually need our help.
2: Exactly. We don't need
6: to blow them away and overwhelm them with scientific or anatomical jargon. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't at all. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, take me to the next step in the process here, Rich, because a lead is just a lead doesn't matter until they sign up, right? Walk me through when somebody reaches out to you, wherever they come from, website, social media, wherever it is, walk me through what typically happens in that sales process for them to eventually
7: sign up as a client. Dude, great. I mean, this is perfect. I had a guy literally walk in the door off the street yesterday when I was with the client. So this is a perfect segue to that because it literally just happened. So basically if someone walks in off the street, right, they come in and they're like, Hey man, I'm interested in some personal training. What's this all about? I basically start off with saying, all right, so I'm all about functionality. I go through my functionality pitch of like, we all can move better. And then I go into, what do you like to do for your hobbies, right? Activity wise, right outside, or do you like to go kayaking? Do you like to go play volleyball? Like what, what do you like to do for active fun? And they'll tell me something. And then I'm like, okay, how can we make you better at those things? You know what I mean how can uh, how can we make your volleyball games better how can we make you after your swim practice not be in any pain right like how can we improve your quality of life and the areas that you are struggling right if, when it comes to physicality um, and I kind of just direct them towards how I can help them in their everyday life and and how I can we can make small changes. And then if you can just get them to see a small little glimpse that things could be different, that's usually enough to get them interested to at least move forward with, you know, can I come in for a free session or that's when you you can make the decision. All right. Do you want to give them a free session? Like sometimes I'll do that. I'll be like, Hey, man, you know, if I'm not really in need for any clients, I'll be like, come in for an hour. I'll, we'll, we'll go through some stuff. I'll show you some things if you like what you hear then we can move forward if you don't no big deal man it's all good so i feel like honesty is the really big that people can like people can see a sales pitch from miles from like a mile away so if you're just genuine and you're you know and you're messaging and you're just you just take quality in your work like it, it really will go farther than you know, false promises or 20 pound weight loss in a month or, you know, whatever else you're using to convince people that, I mean, in my my experience, I'm not speaking for everybody, but in my experience, honesty, honesty has gone the longest way. Seriously. Yeah.
6: Yeah, That, that transparency is huge in a, in an industry of getting a bad rap for, for some sleazy used car salesy techniques. that that going into
7: the the crowd certainly that's why i I stay away from social media as well is because just that like toxic you know fitness industry you know culture that goes on with you know like oh fake natties or you know misleading information or diets and all this other stuff i'm just like there's just too much bad that i i I don't know i just kind of like to close my ears and you know not focus on all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think
6: just the overall attitude towards the sales process, it sounds to me like detaching from the outcome, right? Whether yeah, they sign 100%. up, I'm okay. If they don't sign up, I'm okay. Yeah. But a lot yeah. of that stems from what you said already. I have a stable enough roster of clients. I'm not worried about not making my rent next month. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's a really advantageous position to be going into that sort of sale. Now walk me through how we're able to maintain those clients, right? We sign somebody up. That's great. We want to make sure that this person sticks around in terms of retention for you and and Santora fitness, what influences people staying for the long haul the most?
7: So, yeah, uh, the I mean, I, I have almost a hundred percent retention. I mean, almost the the people that I started with the, almost everyone I started with is still here. Right. And I've picked up people along the way. I've only lost maybe two or three, you know? Um, And they were like, usually by choice, like I chose to get rid of them or, you know, something like that. But I think the retention process for me is um, again, honesty. Like if you can, if you can improve one aspect of someone's life in any way, right. Like say that um, they constantly have back pain when they walk, right. If you can show them something to improve that thing, right. It's just one thing. You just got to choose one thing to change with them. And if they can see a change, that's enough to, for a retention, like you just have to, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It doesn't have to be they lose 30 pounds. It doesn't have to be they get a pull up for the first time. I mean, I mean very minute changes. People love seeing those. And it's yeah. like a huge, yes, a huge dopamine boost and showing them that one, it's 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 an improvement. And two, how it is improving their life. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And how we can yeah. go further. And that and they're, you know, maybe so I have people, for instance, that like they gave up running. I mean, they gave it up. They were like, I'm not I, I started to run. You know, I used to love running. I started developing, you know, sciatica or back pain or whatever. And then it just got unenjoyable anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, instead of changing our lifestyle, because our bodies are going through this, you know, pain process, which is a cause of activity, how about we do a little bit of, you know, a uh, body, adjust, not adjustment, adjustment's the wrong word, but like a body check-in and, and, and like a, a mobility and, 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 and flexibility work and maybe some physical therapy work to improve your running again. So you are no longer having to change your life because you're in pain. You know what I mean? Like if, if I can get you back to running again, great. Right. Like, or just walking yeah, again without any pain. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like win. I, and I, and if you can show them that, right. And like, I just made him realize like, why did you have to change your life because of your pain? Like you chose to stop running because you were in pain. Like, how about we just get you out of pain and you can enjoy running again. But yeah. it never even occurred to him. He was just like, no, I'm in pain. So I don't, I don't run anymore. It's just like that part of my life is over. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be sure.
6: Our conversation so far, Rich has, has essentially been, where do we get leads from? How do we convert them and how do we keep them? As you look into the future with this, we, we've got a year under your belt, but where do you see the future of Santora fitness? What is the big
7: picture with you? So right now, like the area itself that I'm in kind of is dictating my growth because the the, the the actual neighborhood that I'm located in is a new and developing area of St. Petersburg. Like the, the downtown energy hasn't gotten down here yet. So like there isn't a lot of infrastructure for me to expand, right? They're building that stuff. There aren't any like warehouses or anything like that. Um, so I'm trying to mostly focus on uh, content out, like quality content out. Like we were talking about like actual like videos or uh, I'm thinking about streaming on Twitch. Every time we go, I go into the gym, I'm going to set up, you know, cameras and stuff and have like a live streaming thing when I'm like either with myself or if I have permission from clients or we just do like a tutorial video. Um, So I guess video content is a big push. Um, We have a bunch of schools surrounding the gym and they just started back in school again. So I'm gonna try to push to get into athletic programs into the schools. So we already, we already have uh, letters going out to the coaches and athletic directors. Um, so that's the next step is uh, working with kids and, and athletes. Um, and also probably hiring a few, few trainers to come in so I don't have to, I can kind of offset the load to them. And uh, just kind of step back from quote unquote working and just kind of step back into like a managerial duty or like, you know, honestly, maybe even eventually selling. That wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, like way down the road. Um, But yeah, small steps is just, I guess, content. And I really would like to get into the schools like that is a real big goal of mine is to help with the athletic programs down here. Sure. I think it's it's an exciting
6: question because completely open, endless. There, right? you yeah, can take endless. it wherever you feel yeah. like taking it. And so it'll be interesting to see how that shapes up, right? At the 100%. heart of this is growth, mm-hmm. right? We want to grow in a number of different directions and bring on a team and take that evolution of the business even further so that you can elevate into what you described as, as the owner, the manager, the, the CEO right. type role delegating to a team. So I'm excited to see how that looks for you here. Me too. Forward. Thank you. It's a really, really good place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But before we get out of here, why don't you shout out
7: that website that you mentioned earlier or social media links? Where can yeah. people find out more about Santora? So basically you can go to, you know, www.santorafitness.com. I was lucky enough to get that domain name. Um, And then I have Santor Fitness on Instagram. Uh, I think I have a TikTok. I think there's a few videos on there, but again, stay tuned for that. I'll be putting more stuff on there Uh, and stay tuned on Twitch. It'll probably be Santor Fitness on Twitch. That's probably going to be the new thing coming out. And uh, yeah, I think that's all the, the plugs that I can get in. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time,
6: man. I always enjoy these types of conversations and, and learning from other like-minded entrepreneurs. Like I said before, I'm, I'm fired up to see where this thing takes you and we'll have to check in with you again down the road because it sounds I like you're just getting it, started here. So I wish you nothing but the best and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon and as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. 1, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. 2, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com.